0: To be here with you today um, after a, a long weekend. Um, I, I loved the, the, the time off that that I was able to have and be with family, be with friends. Hopefully, you were able to be with family and friends as well. Uh, today, we, we come uh, to our last Sunday um, studying here in the book of Acts, and it's been a tremendous time to be on this journey with you. The big theme. Uh, that we've been talking about during this particular series has been the unstoppable advance of the gospel to the ends of the earth we know that jesus he gave a mission to the church and that's to be his witnesses and in jerusalem at the beginning but then it spread to judea samaria and then to the to the ends of the earth we also talked about um the, the apostle paul was one of the main figures, one of the main people uh, within this Acts story. And and he once was someone who persecuted Christians, uh, but he came to faith in Christ, was converted, and became one of the greatest missionaries that maybe we would ever see in our world as he takes the gospel literally from town to town, from city to city, from place to place, person to person. And he makes use of the the Roman road system as he as he does so. And so uh, we are encouraged by his by his mission work. And and even today, we we are part of that mission as we've been invited in to be um, witnesses for Jesus and to spread the gospel across the ends of the earth. Um, Paul was a very uh, strategic thinker. Uh, He was a missionary that thought with purpose, Uh, That thought with why, that also thought with what. What is the most effective way for me to accomplish uh, the gospel and being spread across this planet? And so he knew that this road system that he was making use of for his missionary journeys uh, could be used in even better ways if he if he were to go to Rome and evangelize there because all roads lead to Rome. And if that's the case, then the gospel could then go anywhere if it's being proclaimed in Rome. He says um, his his how and his strategy for him is in verse 21 of chapter 19. It says, after these events, in particular the events of his last missionary trip, Paul resolved by the Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit who, who guided him along the way, to pass through Macedonia, and we talked about that, right? Paul got a vision, a dream about going to Macedonia, and there he met Lydia, who he who shared the gospel with. She came to faith in Christ, converted her whole family, uh, household to Christ, and then a church was started there in Philippi in Macedonia. Um, he he passed through Macedonia and Achaia, and and he was was resolved to go to. Jerusalem. Now, he was going to Jerusalem because there was need for him to be in Jerusalem. There was a famine going on, and so he had taken some money from some different churches that he had started, some money that he raised up, and took it, was taking it back, wanted to take it back to uh, Jerusalem to minister there, but also to share the gospel. And then he said, after I've been there, he said, it is necessary for me to see Rome as well. He needed to get to Rome, he saw it as an effective strategy for him to get to Rome so that he could evangelize there and the gospel then could spread anywhere that God would want to spread the gospel. And so we come this morning, we're gonna pick up in uh, Paul's story, the last part of the, of the chapters here in the book of Acts, and see what God does with Paul as he makes his way to Rome in unexpected ways. Um, Haley's gonna come. And read for us this morning out of Acts twenty-six, verses twelve through twenty-three. And uh, if you have your your church center app, you can you can open it up and and uh, and and follow along with the sermon notes. If you don't have that app, you can go on our website and uh, go under worship where it says sermon uh, says notes, and you can find it there as well. But uh, well, let's pray um, as as Haley gets set to read. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that in it uh, is life itself. And so we come before you this morning. Expecting you to move, expecting you to show up. Uh, Father, would you speak to our hearts uh, so that we might listen and we might follow through with obedience after you. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen.
1: I was traveling to Damascus under these circumstances with the authority and the commission from from the chief priest, King Agrippa. While on the road at midday, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those traveling with me. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. The goads. I asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And they may receive forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Instead, I preached to those, those in Damascus first and to those in Jerusalem and in the regions of Judea and to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works worthy of repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temples and were trying to kill me. To this very day, I have had help from God and I stand and testify to both small and great, saying nothing other than that, other than what the prophets of Moses said would take place, that the Messiah would suffer and that as the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to our people and to the Gentiles.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Tomorrow, on November 27th, uh, marks the uh, 99th year of the Macy's Parade. It began in 1924 on uh, November 27th. And uh, I- I'm thankful for the parade. I, I-, I enjoy it every year. Um, when, it- when it began um, its first year, it had all the stuff that we that we have now, maybe just not as much of it. It had the, the, you know, the floats, it had the, the balloons, it, it had the, the, the bands, the music, all of it, right? It also had uh, animals uh, that were marching in the parade. Um, they borrowed animals from the Central Park Zoo, um, and, they, and they marched uh, <laughs> as well. Um, and if you're thinking, you know, like March, November 27th, that might feel a little bit late for um, a Thanksgiving uh, parade. Well, well, it was, because when it began, it was actually Macy's Christmas, uh, parade, and it was only some years later that it it landed on Thanksgiving year year after year. Um, no, no matter the the dates, and no matter what was in the parade, the the real reason for the Macy's Thanksgiving or Christmas parade was all about selling Macy's merchandise. That that was the reason. That's always been. The reason, right? We're entering into that season where where you're thinking about buying gifts for someone. Macy's wants you to come uh, to their store. Matter of fact, the first parade was uh, established because Macy's had just become the largest store in the U.S., right? And so they wanted to have a parade and get you into their store. They have never forgotten their why. It's for you to come and to shop at Macy's. Now, we come to, to Paul and we see his amazing story and the mission that he is called to. He is one that has never forgotten why he is in this mission and, and, and why it's valuable to him. He knows this truth that the most significant thing that you can do with your life is to share Jesus with others. It's the most significant thing. It has, it's the greatest value that, that you can have in your life to, to share <coughs> Jesus with others. And so that's the invitation for you this morning, is to think about your why, what, the, the mission that God has given us. Why, why are you in it? It's because it's such a great thing for us to be a part of sharing. The story of Jesus with others. We see him talk about this in chapter 20, verse 24. He's with the, the elders from the Ephesian church, and he, he talks about his life, and he says this, but I consider my life of no value to myself. There's no value in it of myself. My value is not found in just my life, me thinking about my life. No, my value is found In a greater purpose, a a greater meaning. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. You see, what made it work for Paul was that he, he never forgot his why. He understood the purpose that was already given to him. The purpose was to to be a witness, to to take the gospel across the planet, and he knew that his value was in that because of how significant it was to be able to tell others about Jesus. Paul stated his why. He knew his why. He had clarity on his purpose as well, and it, it is what motivated him throughout the rest of his life. In his ministry, I know this time of year we'll probably get together with family and friends, and uh, we'll do a lot of hanging out, you know, uh, maybe we'll have some time off from work and and we're not as busy and so may, so maybe we'll watch some movies, maybe we'll eat some food, maybe we'll tell stories. But one of the things that I like to do in, in this time of year when you're with a lot of family and you're just kind of hanging out is I, I like to put together one of those giant puzzles. Any, anybody else with me on that? Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of one of those things that takes like days, weeks even. Uh, to finish this puzzle, I love to do that. But, but as you're doing that puzzle, it, it, it doesn't quite work really well if, if, you, if you forget what, what the picture is supposed to look like, right? You, you need the box with the image on it so you know kind of what you're putting together, right? It's, it's very helpful in the process to have that with you. Paul is someone that never forgot the, the picture of what he was called to. He understood his purpose, and he understood his why. And so it made the the process of all the other pieces, it made it it easier for him to to fit together, to to order his life in a way uh, that was reflective of of the purpose and and the why behind the mission. Let me ask you, what truly motivates you in life? Uh, Maybe you're, you're... your motivations seem to be a little bit different than, 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 than Paul. You might say, you know, that's a, that's a pretty admirable thing to, to be about, to, to share Jesus with others. But, but I've got some other values in my life that, that may be more important than, than that. And so maybe for you, your, your why doesn't look the same. Could it be that the picture of the gospel needs to be displayed for you in a little bit clearer way? something that you are regularly observing and ordering your life in light of the gospel? What truly motivates you? How can your life's purpose align more closely with sharing Jesus with others? The most significant thing that you can do with your life is to share Jesus. Now, you might be saying to me, well, that that sounds great, but Chris, I think you're maybe theologically off a little bit there. Maybe that maybe the most important thing that God would want us to do is to worship him. I would say, well, yeah. I, I think I think that's right. I think that makes sense. I, I get that. But but make sure we we think within a particular framework here. Our life here on earth, Jesus has given us a mission. If we are following after him, that's to take his gospel and, and spread it across the earth to tell others about Jesus. I'm not saying that. That worship isn't important. I'm not saying coming here and and singing these songs and praying these prayers and and listening to the word being taught isn't important. It is, but this is all about posture. This is about posture for us. We talked about this when we studied through Acts chapter 2, all of the things that we need to, to focus our lives around to create a posture for us so that we can then go out and be about the mission that we have been called to. We come to this place to to get the right posture so that we can go out and share with others the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, guess what that is? When we share Jesus with others, that's worship. That's worship. We're lifting up the name of Jesus across the planet. So yeah, worship is the thing that God wants from our lives. But the most significant thing that you can do with your life as you've been given These days on this planet is to share others, share Jesus with others as an act of worship to him. May we worship him with how we live our lives, thinking about our purpose, thinking about our why. The problem, though, is that we get caught up in our circumstances and we forget about the why. We we look at the pieces of our life and we begin thinking about them and how they fit together and what they should look like. And, and we forget about God's plan, his picture, what, what his story is. And we, we get called up in other things, other, other details of our lives. If I were to ask you, what, what's the purpose of your life? You might define that with, with the, the how, the when, the where in your life. And, and we, get, we get a little bit off focus when we begin to do that. God has given us the purpose for our lives. Jesus has stepped in and spoken the purpose to the church. And that should define then what our why is. It should define then everything else about our lives. But but we began to do it a little bit backwards. And we begin to take the pieces of our life and see what we can make out of them as if we are creating the picture, as we are creating the image. But it's God and his plan and his story Listen, Paul knew this, he knew this, even as he was heading back um, to Jerusalem, he, he began to be met with, with some people that were resistant uh, to him going back to Jerusalem. Some of the people that traveled with him uh, didn't want him to go, because they knew that if he went there, it could be bad news for Paul. And so we pick this up in chapter 21, verses 10 uh, through 14. Let me get there. After we had been there for several days, a a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and he came to us, this is Luke speaking, saying us, took Paul's belt, tied his own feet and hands and said, this is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him over to The Gentiles. And when we heard this, this is Luke and the rest of those journeying with Paul. When we heard this, both we and the local people pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. Here's this prophet that comes to Paul and says, listen, when you go to Jerusalem, here's what's going to happen. You need to know this. And he kind of takes Paul's belt there and kind of uh, in in a figurative way, wraps them around his hands. It says, this is going to happen to you. You are going to be a prisoner. You will be arrested there in Jerusalem if you go back. Don't do this. This will hinder the gospel. Do not go back to Jerusalem. But Paul was persuaded. In verse 13, he was persuaded by the gospel. And so Paul replied, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking My heart. For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, Paul was someone that that understood that all of the pieces of his life were to reflect the the purpose, the mission that was that was given to him. And so it didn't matter about what happened in his life, the, the details, the, 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 the how even, the strategy. He knew he wanted to go to Rome, but like, even that would be put on the back seat if God didn't want him to go to Rome, right? He wasn't, even, he wasn't even considering his own life in this moment because all he knew was that he was supposed to be about the mission of God, and God had called him to go back to Jerusalem to minister and to spread the gospel, and so all these little details that abacus was speaking about that the other people that journeyed with him didn't didn't necessarily enjoy hearing about all these little details didn't matter to paul he was committed he was committed to the mission he wasn't trying to put together pieces his own way let me ask you did the details of your life get in the way they, do they distract you or, or cloud you for, from understanding your why that Jesus has given to you? What does it look like for you today to, to realign your focus, to get a clear picture of the gospel and what it means to be about the gospel and to spread his gospel across the planet? I think, I think for us, we need to look no far further than the gospel itself, the good work of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And as we understand Jesus and, and his work, we understand that our faithfulness to Jesus' mission will lead to fruitfulness. Let me just say that for you again our faithfulness to the mission of Jesus will lead us to fruitfulness if we are committed to the mission. We see the work of Jesus taking place in our lives. Paul, he did get arrested in Jerusalem, and he, he faced hardships, uh, multiple arrests in his life, imprisonments uh, during his journey, and, and ultimately led to this unexpected opportunity to share the gospel. I'm going to fast forward some of, the, some of the things here, but I would like to encourage you to go back and read uh, the scriptures that I'm, that I'm talking about here in these moments in chapter 21. Paul is arrested while worshiping at the temple, and, and they, they want him gone. They want to kill him. They want to get rid of him. In chapter 22, though, to avoid being killed, Paul reveals his, his Roman citizenship. He's from Tarsus, and, and he is, he's Roman, and so therefore he is moved to a, a Roman place in, in, in Caesarea, and he's there for two years imprisoned in Caesarea. Can you just imagine what that must have felt like, Right? You're committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're you're wanting to be on the move, taking the gospel across the planet, and then all of a sudden you're 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 imprisoned in jail for two years, not able to get out, not able to share this 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 gospel message that you have been given a mission for. And he's sitting there in in prison for two years and in chapter 20 24, the Roman governor who was there in charge of Caesarea imprisoned him. But then in chapter 25, a new governor comes into place, and his name is Festus, and he uh, gets visited by King Agrippa, who is the king of Judea at the time. You may know him because he's the great-grandson of, of King Herod, who we know a lot about this time of year. But King Agrippa is in power, and he comes to visit Festus. And in doing so, Festus tells him, hey, there's this guy in prison, And we don't know what to do with him because he doesn't seem like he's done anything wrong. But he is talking about a king that has risen from the dead who is the true king, is the, the king of kings. And so that's a little bit concerning for us as the Roman Empire. We don't know what to do with him because he's just sitting there in jail, not committed a crime, but he's talking wild things. And so then King Agrippa wants to see him. Two years in prison. And in two minutes, he's before a king. Sharing his story that we read earlier. His story of how he came to faith in Christ. Now, this is no mistake. What this is, is God putting together the puzzle pieces. Check this out Acts chapter 9. I'm going to go back to that for a moment, verses, um, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, yeah, Acts 9, verses 13 through 15. I think we have it on the screen here for you. It says this. This is Ananias. You remember him? He was the one that was told about Paul uh, before he was converted. Um, he, he, he heard from Jesus. He was blinded, right? And then, and then the Lord showed up to Ananias and said, hey, go, go minister to Saul. Remember, his name used to be Saul. And, uh, and, and, and proclaim the good news to him, right? And Ananias is like, whoa, do you know who this guy is? He's persecuted a lot of Christians out there. I don't know if this is the guy that we want on our team, right? And so here's what he says. Lord, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. It continues in verse 15. But the Lord said to him, go, for this man is... My chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles and to who else? Kings. And to the people of God. This was no mistake that Paul ended up in this this Roman jail there in Caesarea. It was an opportunity for him to share the gospel with the king of Judea. This was God putting together the pieces to fit his image, to fit his plan, to fit his purpose. Our faithfulness then to Jesus' mission leads to fruitfulness because God is doing the work. That's what the gospel says. Jesus, he's done the work for us. In chapter 26, Paul, he is there before King Agrippa, He spends those two years of imprisonment, and then he he shares the story with him, and it says this in chapter 26, verses 15 through 16. He's before Agrippa. I asked, who are you, Lord? He's talking about his story. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, but, but get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness, there it is, to be his witnesses across the planet, a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. He's standing before Agrippa, and the only thing that he is committed to in that moment is to not to get out of prison, but instead to share Jesus, because he knew his purpose, and he knew that the most important thing that he could do with his life was to tell others about Jesus. He has seen God bring all of this together for him. Jesus is the one that is completing our great puzzle for him through us. How can we look at the challenges the, as, as the opportunities uh, for God to work? Where have you been in your life where it just seems like you've hit so much of a challenge you you just don't know anymore how you can continue? Well, how can that become an opportunity then For God to work, because it's all about him. Every part of our life is all about him and his plan and his work. Well, Paul, he eventually makes it to Rome. In chapter 27, he sets sail for Rome. And, of course, there's a shipwreck that happens. I encourage you to go back and read it. It's a good picture of of when when you start to live your life for Jesus, your life looks more like Jesus. And, and actually, he's in the bottom of this boat um, while this storm is going on. And he's, he's serving a meal with, with those that he's with. It's a, it's a picture, it's kind of like a picture of Jesus ser- serving the Last Supper with, with his disciples. The more that, that you begin to, to follow after Jesus, the more your life is gonna look like, like Jesus. And that's what Paul began to see in his own life. But in chapter 28, he finally makes it to Rome after a shipwreck, and he is under house arrest. Now, this is actually instrumental for the gospel. He's under house arrest, meaning that Anybody and everybody can come and visit him. And guess what? He's got a captive audience. They can't go anywhere. He can't go anywhere with them. He's just there in his house. And what do you think Paul does with those opportunities? He knows his why. He knows his why. The most significant thing that he can do with his life is to share gospel. So in chapter 28, verse 30, we see this. Paul is there in Rome under house arrest. Paul stayed two whole years in his own rented house, and he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. There's nothing that stood in his way at that time. It was just a moment where he got to sit down and talk with people about the gospel, moment after moment after moment. And it was a picture that he dreamed about, right? Here he is in the kingdom of Rome, speaking about the kingdom of God with people that then can take that gospel from Rome to anywhere. He's made it. He's in that place just committed to sharing the gospel because he he knows his why. Here is our response uh, for us today. Commit to Jesus and his mission and see him work through you. There's some things that God wants to do in your life. He wants to do in your life for the sake of others, for the sake of his mission. And he is moving the pieces together so that we can be people that proclaim the gospel across the face of this planet. You know, Acts, it, it ends right here. You see this picture of, of, of Paul in, in house arrest in the middle of Rome, proclaiming the kingdom of God, and then it kind of abruptly ends. Well, there's a reason, because the story continues with me and with you. Yeah, that, that's, that's, Luke is a fantastic writer, and this was not by mistake. He ends this in this way so that we can be the continuation of this gospel being spread across the planet. He even says this to um, his his young son in the faith, Timothy, right? He says this in chapter 4, verse verse 1, as he writes Timothy. Timothy, who he picked up on the second missionary journey, you remember that? He says this to him. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus who is going to judge the living and the dead and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, Timothy. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. Timothy, here is the baton. I'm handing it off to you. I charge you to go and to continue to spread the gospel and in the same way, He's done the same for us. Paul wants us to take up the baton and say, I will continue to be about this mission. I will continue to know my why. And then we hear these words from Paul in verse 7 of chapter 4. It says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What what does it sound like? It sounds like Acts chapter 20, verse 24, that says, I think we got it up there for you. But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course. God has a purpose for all of our lives. And that purpose is to be his witnesses and to spread his gospel across the planet. May we be faithful to that work. May we also remember that it's the most significant work that we could ever be a part of. Now, this time of year is always special for me um, you know, for, for many reasons. But uh, th- this past Thanksgiving, we were able to go to the parade and we were able to take um, our daughter. So I want to show you this, this video real quick. the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, so much so that we have named our daughter Macy. She's five months old. <laughs> I saw this news crew. And I was like, hey, I need my daughter after the parade. Yeah, let, let me get in this, right? <laughs> and so they interviewed me, and then lo and behold, there was another family standing right next to us. Their daughter was named Macy after the parade, and so they interviewed uh, them as well, right? Macy is named after the Thanksgiving Day uh, Parade. We, we love it. We go every year. Um, and uh, we just we're gonna keep trying to convince her that we have put this parade together for her, right? Maybe the parade is named <laughs> after her, right? Uh, and, and so it's her name, everything, everything has purpose. Like her af- actual first name is Macy Ruth. Uh, my mom's middle name is Ruth, so she is Kathy Ruth, but when she was a kid, she, she went by Kathy Ruth, and so Macy Ruth is her name, her middle name then, she has four names, her middle name is Blessing, it's actually uh, the name of my, uh, Sarah's grandmother's uh, maiden name, and so we named uh, her after her grandmother, um, her great-grandmother as well, uh, and so everything has purpose and meaning, right? As we see this story of Acts that's that's unfolded before us, we see that this is a mission that God has called us to, and every part of our life fits within it as we surrender and we commit our lives to following after him. May we be people that are about the mission of the gospel, and may we be people who live out our why, that the most significant thing that we could ever do with our life is to share the gospel with someone else. I wanna invite the band to come and they're gonna they're gonna play a little bit and, and I just wanna ask you a few questions this morning um and, and invite you to listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks and helps to answer them for you. So just take a posture of prayer as I ask these questions. First one is, how can you actively commit to Jesus' mission in your present circumstances? Not waiting on anything else, but right now in this moment, how can you commit to the mission of Jesus? So many times we give excuses, well, I'll, I'll do that when, I'll, I'll, when I have this part of my life together or that going on. Now, how can you do it right now? How can you commit to Jesus's mission? Second question, how has your faith led to unexpected opportunities? Many years of waiting and all of a sudden God shows up and you see why all the waiting fo- was there in the first place. How can, how can unexpected opportunities lead to faith moments for you and someone else? Third question for you. How do you prioritize the mission of Jesus over life's challenges and small details? How can you prioritize his mission? Maybe you need to spend more time in the word getting a clear picture of what we have been called to. How can you prioritize the mission of Jesus over other things that try to, try to compete in our lives? And finally, what does it look like for you to align with the mission of Jesus? Maybe there's some things that you just need to repent of, surrender to this morning, uh, and surrender them to Christ. What does it look like for you to align with the mission of Jesus? Father, we thank you for what you have done in our lives, and we know that it has purpose and meaning. And that as you have brought us to life, you want us to share the good news of Jesus with someone else so that they may be brought to life. And so I pray that you would work in us this season, that we would step into your glorious plan, and that we would see that that your significance in being a part of this mission and sharing Christ with others, may it become the most important thing that we can do in our lives. Would you strip away all other things that try to compete for that importance? May we be your missionaries, everyday missionaries, taking your gospel to the next place, to the next person. We pray this all in the strong name of Jesus who is the Christ. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing this morning in response. If there's someone here that needs to put their faith in Christ, I invite you today that today would be your day of salvation. Um, I'll be off to the side here. I'm ready to receive anyone that wants prayer um, along with a few others. But thanks for being here uh, this morning.